Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done, and to a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Noble Father Podcast. Today is October the 17th. Uh, We are almost at Halloween. And at the time of the recording... My province is going through a drought right now. Uh, we had some really crazy rains last uh, winter, and we we typically don't see like warm weather up until um, this late until October. And the temperature that we're seeing right now in Canada is, or where I am, is like sixty eight degrees. You know, in in that range, sixty eight to you know seventy five. 80 degrees which is very warm and uh so we're we're dealing with a bit of a drought you know climate change has really affected us here on the west coast here um and we're we're supposed to get colder weather uh coming and uh it's typically raining already for a couple of weeks and so for us to be already into mid-october and dealing with this uh warm weather is kind of out of the ordinary anyways um so this week has been wow amazing you know uh, a lot of things happen birthdays you know um and just you know like i'm becoming somebody there's there's always you know when people ask me how are things going i feel like my perception and my awareness of the circumstances in life are um improving a lot you know i am more aware and i am more conscious and i am um, you know, more cognizant that I'm, uh, I'm looking at things from different perspectives. And even though it's, if it's bad, you know, I'm able to find the silver lining and I choose not to see the the negative side of things. Um, so, you know, presently right now, physically, I'm in, um, getting into really good shape. Um, my flexibility has improved dramatically, uh, through, you know, Brazilian jujitsu, um, mentally I'm focused and, um, devoted to what I'm, what I'm doing, you know, and building this business and, um, and emotionally I'm, I feel about as sharp as I've ever been emotionally. Like I've just, uh, on page and just like constantly, um, being aware of where I am and also spiritually just my walk with God has been about as close as I, it's ever been. And so, um, man, when everything is firing on all cylinders, you really start to feel, uh, a difference and it's starting to rub off, um, uh, on, on different people. And, uh, my coaching has improved a lot dramatically. You know, I find myself doubting myself, but every time I get on a call with somebody, when I show up unattached and show up to serve authentically and, um, you know, from the inside out, it's, uh, man, it's an, it's an amazing journey. And so, you know, as you're going through life this way, you know, you come across a lot of uh, concepts and a lot of things and people say stuff and and you kind of start to piece it all together and so this this week's episode I want to talk about 
um, an analogy kind of that I was brought to the attention uh, to by uh, Jim Rohn. If you're not familiar with Jim Rohn, I highly recommend you look up some of his talks. He's just a wonderful thought leader who likes to listen and just the way he has, uh, the way he is with words, it's just uh, just amazing to, to learn from. And he was talking about something about like, um, it, it just like in life, it's, 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 it's difficult. You know, we, we pray for, uh, you know, a hard winter that's coming, a cold, hard winter. And, you know, we try to pray that to lessen it, right, to, to lower its effectiveness so that we can get through it. And whenever I listen to that, I thought of life as a as an ocean, you know, and we're all on our rafts. We all have our boats. We all have different kind of boats. Some have sailboats, some have yachts, you know, and and they're all different. And we're all just adrift. We're all just kind of surviving at sea and trying to make the most out of this survival. We're trying to survive. We're trying to live, right? We're trying to get to the end. We're trying to get to a destination or what have you. And like if we're staring down a storm, typically, you know, you know, most, most, most human reaction would be, Let's, you know, pray about the storm. Oh, God, like it's coming, uh, you know, lessen the storm. Like, help me, Lord. And, and you know, it, it, it's the same as, you know, the, the Bible story of, you know, the disciples on the boat and Jesus is sleeping, you know, on a, on a big cushion. And, and you, you know, they're all freaking out because the storm is, you know, coming over the way over the over the edge of the boat and it's going to sink them or they're going to get shipwrecked and Jesus is just you know sleeping and and dreaming his 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 nap away and and the disciples just get you know flustered and they go and wake up Jesus and literally the first thing they say to him is is lord don't you care that we're going to drown like don't you care that we're going to die and and you know Jesus's response is like like really guys like you don't even have that much faith and you know he calms the waves with his words and you know for us it's like so many of us would just pray for the storm to subside and to not uh you know to to just go away but in reality those storms are there to shape us and to grow us and to make us become something and and you know it's 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 for a form change and um you know we how, how how applicable is that to, to life you know we encounter things and situations circumstances you know a, a, a loved one gets sick or we lose a job or you know the car needs repairs or some kind some some kind of unfortunate circumstance or just as called the storms of life where we you know we 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 pray for those circumstances and yet we don't pray for the courage we don't pray for the strength and we don't you know change our form or we don't um you know change who we are to overcome these storms to get through the other end and be somebody else and be somebody new and to be able to face the next storm that's potentially even bigger and greater and and you know it's no wonder you know we when we pray a prayer like that god doesn't what is God going to say? Like he doesn't, 
he's already given you the skill set. He's given you the things to prepare for stuff like this, and he he knows what you need. And and yet we we pray for this thing that's outside of ourselves, and and we don't have much of a belief in ourselves. Obviously, as human beings, we are pretty self-critical of ourselves. And um, but like God gives us everything we need to overcome it. And you know we don't pray. We we should be praying for more more. Um, resilience and more strength and and are praying for um, how we can help other people overcome the storms that they're going through but uh, you know that kind of that kind of a situation where we're where we're praying for the changing of the storm or the lessening of the effectiveness of the storm is is like equivalent to us being adrift at sea and instead of battening down the things that we have on our ship or on our little raft or preparing as best we can is just praying that the storm just kind of brushes and washes over us and not taking care of those things that need to be taken care of before the storm arrives we are we we are, we have to we have to go to the eye of the storm that's the the only way to get through the storm and i and i got that from a friend of mine who you know also has a podcast and he runs his own dad group um you know he he brought this to my attention was that bison uh, or buffalo they when they see the storm they truck right through the eye of the storm because the faster we the, you know, the fastest way to get through the storm is to really go through the eye of the storm if we try to run away or try to avoid it the storm is eventually going to catch up and it's going to seem like it doesn't um, go away because we're just going with the, the storm excuse me so one of the most interesting things about you know, this, this kind of, um, you know, this adrift at sea thing, you know, like I, I did some research and, um, you know, just because, you know, this analogy was kind of in my head and it was, it was really, I strongly believe it was a God-given kind of analogy to think about. Um, there was a, there's a guy named Steve Callahan and he wrote a book that's called Adrift and uh, Lost at Sea for 76 Days. So you can imagine, you know, just think about what 76 days is right that's like two days that's two months and and like a week or so right oh no that's two days and not two months and two weeks out on in sea and and so you know I'd, I'd encourage you to look it up um because there's multiple versions and there's different documentaries and of different lengths and his name is Stephen Callahan and um so he uh you know shipwrecked uh boat started to fill with water and he got onto a lifeboat and you know swam back and forth from the boat before it finally before it sunk to you know retrieve some of the items that he could you know use to survive and and just started to survive by himself on this little life raft and um you, you can imagine i mean you can't imagine right two two months two and a half months out and out at sea and with nothing but you know spear gun a couple of flares and different you know uh, different things that he, he took from the boat still just like that is a long time to be out at sea and you know you don't you, that that time isn't just you spearing fish and you know trying to survive like you're trying to get water you're trying to stay fit and healthy and you know killing time almost you know you're dealing with um mental uh, your mental health and you know your emotions are up and down you're kind of you're literally adrift at sea with waves and constantly just 
trying to struggle to survive, you know, and multiple times probably he felt like he wanted to give up, but just like the resilience that he had was just, was just like second to none. And so, you know, I did research into, into him and, you know, his story and like, man, I'm blown away by just like how he survived and didn't, um, give up, you know, um, just, he, he verbalized it as, you know, when he was looking at the night sky at one point, he said, um, you know, it was almost like a view of heaven from a seat in hell. And it was, he, he enjoyed his, his, his time, you know, it was, he learned a lot. He became somebody different and he definitely, um, came out of it a different, a different man. And so I wanted to read a certain quote that he has in his book. Um, it's called Adrift, 76 Days Lost at Sea, um, which is a, it was a New York bestseller. Um, so his quote goes like, to my mind, voyaging through wildernesses, be they full of woods or waves, is essential to the growth and maturity of the human spirit. It is in the wilderness that you really learn who you are. It is in the face it is in facing the challenges of the wilderness that the thickness of your wallet becomes irrelevant and your capabilities become the truer measure of your value. Wow. Like that is literally the, the description of life and what what it means to be adrift. We're all adrift and, and, you know, what does having a bigger wallet mean? Nothing. There's always going to be a storm that's going to be bigger than, than what we have. Maybe you're, you're, you're envisioning your life on a yacht you know, and adrift, adrift to sea, there's always going to be a storm that's going to be greater than that. And so there's multiple quotes in here that I'm just like, man, blown away. Um, so here's another one. We cannot grow without challenge. Challenges routinely produce crises that severely test us. However, crises also offer us the greatest opportunities. People going through tough times typically feel isolated and unsure what to do. When I face a crisis, I try to keep in mind a few simple concepts. We cannot control our destinies, but we can help to shape them. We must try to make life hop a bit, but we must also accept that we can only do the best we can. Ooh, 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 there's a lot there, right? When we think about our lives, especially in a in a first world setting, is that we are so how can you say this? It's so easy for us to stay in our comfort zone and 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 just coast, right? Just stay adrift. There's no storm coming. I'm okay on my boat. And eventually it's just gonna take me somewhere, right? We have no control over where we're going or whatever, and we just we're so okay with just staying like that. You know, Stephen Callahan would tell you that he couldn't just do that. He wouldn't have been able to survive that long if he just kept floating along, hunting fish when he needed to hunt fish, like he just and getting water whenever it rained. Like he had to stay active on that little raft of his. And, and it's what's interesting is through the research of looking into Stephen Callahan was that I realized, I learned that there are other people who survived way longer than Stephen Callahan. 76 days pales in comparison. So I'm going to give you some, some numbers here of some other people who have survived out in sea, okay? There's a person that survived nine months adrift in the Pacific. There's a person who survived 119 days 133 days adrift in the atlantic and the one that's like truly astonishing that that 
the the most amount of time this 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 uh, Latino guy who spent fifteen months adrift in the Pacific. Fifteen months. Okay, think about that. Fifteen months, <laughs> a almost a year and a half adrift at sea, and so I mean, like just we have to continually grow we always we we want those storms we need to look forward to those storms and we have to become somebody right stephen callahan had to keep working on himself and prepare himself for the next thing that's going to come his way interesting thing about the story is you if if you go and watch the videos of him or you read the book about it he um, was able to get a spear gun right from the ship and he was using the spear gun and, you know, uh, trying to catch fish with it, you know, succeeded sometimes and failed a bunch, a whole bunch of times. And on one particular occasion, he shot the gun, shot the spear and the spear, um, when he reeled it back in, um, realized he lost um, this like attaching rope thing to it. And so suddenly it went from a spear gun to just being a spear. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's using a spear. I don't know if you've ever done it before. You tried to use a stick to catch a fish or something like it is hard. Okay. And you're in the ocean here. And so, you know, he said that he speared a fish and excuse me, the, the fish was like, you know, fighting with all its might to get off and lost a lot of fish that way. Um, and, and on one occasion, he stabbed a fish and the fish was like, twirling around and around and around and around and, and suddenly he you know pulled his spear back in and lost the tip lost the tip of his spear like he's he just a rod right a rod on a on a on, on the the um the gun and and so then he had to you know use his swiss army knife and tie it with a rope and then use that as a makeshift spear and so you know there's a resourcefulness to the person you know he was he had to rely on every little bit like he had to manipulate every little bit um and it's interesting as he was uh fishing later on with this same the same spear with the knife attachment on it he accidentally ran the spear across the bottom tube of his life raft so the life raft has two tubes right one at the bottom and one at the top and so for for a couple of weeks after with a puncture it was like a six inch puncture right like you can't do anything like what do you do you know as soon as i watched that when i was watching that video and that happened i was like the guy's so screwed like how can obviously i know the result already like he he's he's obviously around today to be able to write a book and and so that means that he survived but like in that moment you're just like man it's so dire now like when you look at it it's so pathetic because he's like he's like yeah i can't even stand up because it's essentially like i'm standing on quicksand and so his thing is just deflated and this giant gaping hole is, is losing air constantly and so he had to make make do somehow eventually he figured out that there is a way that he could repair the repair the ship and repair his life raft and so you know he crafted together you know this this thing i don't even know how he did it really but um ended up fixing the tear and the life raft also had a hand pump which he used to pump back up and so now he's back to normal like he's he's fixed his his situation and um like then you're just like wow like amazing right what it reminded me of was like the apollo apollo 14 or apollo 13 where you know they had to make repairs and 
you know, they had to figure out and use things that they already had on hand. There's nothing that's going to be shipped to them or sent to them. They had to use whatever was on hand to fix whatever it is they, 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 the, the problem that they had. And it just showed how resourceful he was and, and like how resilient we really are. Because in those situations, I'm sure, you know, every little bit will, could mean more time, right? It, it, it would give you more time to survive and to wait. The interesting thing about Stephen Callahan was that, you know, in his in the course of his of him being drift at sea, he encountered nine different boats, and um, not a single one saw him. Uh, you know, with his flares, the ships did not spot any of his flares. Back in the day, satellites were not monitoring this emergency position indicating radio beacon that um you know at the time and just like and his signal was just too weak and and he was just in a part of the ocean that was too empty you know for airplanes to be flying across and stuff so you know he dealt with sharks he dealt with um man so many different things like you know trying to make make uh, you know water stocks you know for emergency food stocks um he had to make repairs right he had to fix the boat he had to learn how to he, he knew how to navigate of course he had to exercise there's just so much stuff he was just constantly he you know he he wasn't taking his hits lying down and that's what we need to do in life too is that we can't take it lying down we can't just wait you know from one storm to another sitting in our comfort zone we need to get out there and we need to be creative and we need to fix the problems that we have with what we with what we have we can't just you know coast and and hope that storm is just going to fly on over we we are we are called to be resourceful we are called to be strong and to make something of ourselves right stephen callahan had to exercise himself had to do different things to make sure that he ensured his survival right he had something that kept him going it doesn't seem that he had family from his record from the records and stuff it doesn't look like he has any family but you know the will to survive is very strong and it's 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 different in every person but we we are all adrift and we all need to continually do that we're all you know we can all just you know we can choose to you know make fun of our boat or say that our boat sucks or you know whatever uh, but in reality we have every ability to change modify and upgrade our boats to survive these storms that we face in life can't just take them lying down we can't just you know keep letting these these repairs and these problems not be fixed and 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 choose not to repair them we have to do something about it every single day like jordan peterson says like if you don't um i think it was jordan peterson if you don't you know tend to your garden the weeds are just going to overrun it you know like if you don't if you relax one day eventually it's going to build up and then you're going to be overrun your garden is just going to look like a weed factory and and so you know the same same thing in life is that we have to um we have to stay on top of it we have to constantly do something we have to constantly raise our awareness to the opportunities that are around us to grow and to to continually um you know to to put ourselves in a position to flourish we can't just take our heads lying down it's the same as like praying for something to come praying for new opportunities but not doing anything to go out and seek it you know that's a you know if you think god works like that man i i tell you know i tell you to to really think about like how how it is that um things happen right 
do things fall from the sky onto your lap? Yes. But does that happen every single time? And if and if you think that God is calling giving you these storms for you to just ask him to lessen the storm and not become somebody, not learn something, then you're sorely mistaken. I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me. So, you know, I'm not really entirely sure where I want to go from here with this, with this episode, you know, um, you know, there, there, I I guess maybe just end it this way. Like, I, I think that there's, there's an amazing opportunity in our day and age. There's opportunities everywhere. Um, you know, in learning about the computer, the, the personal computer, um, you know, whether it's Apple or PC, they, they have created, they've made it so that they've given the power back to the people. And with the introduction of the internet, we're now at a place in, in time where we no longer need to rely on, um, you know, other major corporations to, you know, for our for our well-being. You know, back in the day, it was like power to the people, you know, just power to the companies. And and the people were just kind of they just had to be at the women will of the, of the corporation. But once the computer was invented, we were able to do things and, and take care of systems and processes. And then with the Internet to be able to connect with one another, we are now at a place where I mean, we've been at a place where we can actually do something and 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 not rely on anybody else but our own of our own will and of our own strength and and so you can make yourself anything you want i mean they can and there are people out there now that can use a singular app and generate revenue from that and just use that as their livelihood and, and live a nomadic lifestyle um have nothing tying them down so you can imagine you have all these opportunities now yes the world is the demands are higher there's a lot more uh red tape and uh, whatever you want to call it you know if you're raising your awareness to those things you're forgetting that there's wonderful and abundance of opportunities available to everybody to be able to make something of themselves and so you know if you're listening to this you know if you have an entrepreneurial itch i highly recommend you to to dig deep into that don't just let that sit and and go away. Sure, you might have a lot of options. You don't know what to choose, but that just means that you need to do some discovery. You need to look into it. And you know, one of the things that I I I, I find myself that I'm very good at is critically and creatively thinking of possibilities. And so, if you are at a place where you can't clearly think about these things and you you are not making breakthroughs in your thought, I'd highly recommend that you'd reach out and that maybe you just have a conversation. I'd love to help you break through and explore what, what does it mean? What is the thing that is going to, um, this is, this is the thing that, uh, actually I want to talk about is, is Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn said something one time where he was eating at a restaurant and the waitress comes over and, you know, orders the food or he helps him order the food. And, but then he also asked, Hey, like, are you, is, is, are you, are you, is what you're doing going to feed you and your family for the rest of their lives? And so, you know, the waitress's answer is, is no. And so, right. And so, well, what's a follow-up question? And so it's like, what are you doing? Are you looking, are you constantly looking for the thing that's going to feed you and your family for the rest of your life? And the answer to that is also very telling, you know, her answer was no. Right. So what are you doing? What are you doing then? Are you, you're just surviving at that point. Right. And so I want to ask you that question. 
Like, is what you're currently doing something that's going to feed you and your family for the rest of your life? Just think about that for a second. You have time. You have you have an opportunity. You have the resources available. There are things that you can leverage to do and make those dreams come true. If what you're currently doing isn't going to do that, are you looking for it? Are you constantly becoming somebody are you making plans to get there you know i've I've asked this question multiple times in the facebook groups and i've said it before on these on these podcast episodes is like people don't get creative people get stuck and they 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 seem to appreciate or like to get stuck they like to stay in their in those in those places you know there there's there's opportunities everywhere for them but yet they hold themselves up on insurance and say, oh, I got custody battles. I got this and that. And like, there's so much red tape and there's so much stuff getting in their way. Yes. Every day, constantly, I get in my own head. I tell myself I'm not able to do this. That's enough to formulate an excuse over it. But do I let it hold me up? That's the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that they choose to move past the fear move past whatever it is that's blocking them and try to make their way through it that's the only way we make progress everybody faces resistance it's what you choose to do in light of the resistance that makes all the difference and so are you searching for it are you getting creative about it because if money is the issue well what are some things around that are you saving money if you're still buying coffee every single day like we learned last last episode, that equates to $1,800 a year. You know, $5 a day, let's just say. It equates to $1,800 a, a year. There's other things. Subscriptions you might have. If Disney Plus is something that you only watch, you know, two or three times a week, maybe it's not a worthwhile investment. And there's other things too. Are you making sacrifices in, on, 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 on like the, the food choices that you have? Let's just say you're buying, you know, chips all the time or you're buying booze. Is that a really worthwhile purchase? Is that, does that make sense on the books? You know, oh, I needed to relax. Yes, you do. But are you willing to continue making those choices and jeopardizing the overall future of your family? Are you, is that, I mean, it affects the secondary, the second question, right? Are you looking for it? Are you looking for the opportunity that's going to feed the rest, feed your family for the rest of their lives? Like it affects the answer. And so don't just, don't just make those excuses blindly. Like you, and, and a lot of people are in this place where nobody's calling out their BS. Nobody is, nobody is like saying, well, what about this area? You know, obviously nobody likes that kind of feeling. It's very humbling. It's, it's also quite condescending if done in the wrong way. But you know. You should know. What is it that you're investing in? And that's the thing. It was like, you know, like last episode, if, you open, if I open up somebody's bank account, or somebody said this before, if I open up somebody's bank account, I can see instantly what they focus on. And to, to go a step further, even in the, in the book that I'm currently reading, High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard, he talks about if I open up your calendar, I can see what you invest in. I can see what you, what your life is like. Just think about that, right? What is your calendar like right now? 
you know, growing up in high school, I really hated the, uh, the agenda. You know, if you know what the agenda is, I kind of like your planner and, uh, you know, where you write down what you got to get done and the assignments and stuff. I was, I think my, my brain never worked that way. And that's why I kind of struggled with the agenda. Obviously now as an older, as an older gentleman now and, and, and a, a, an entrepreneur, I do have to have my calendar because it keeps track of everything. And so I didn't understand the value back then, but, and I definitely suffered for it, but you know, I didn't like it because, you know, I, it just it was it was a constant reminder of things that I needed to be to, to get done and it was stressful the agenda was a stressful thing for me um, and I missed a lot of homework and stuff but like I, it, it it was important it was an important aspect and I was never taught to frame it that way um, you know I, I would encourage you to look at everything look at your finances look at your calendar what are the habits that you currently have that you don't like? If you're going to the bathroom and you're bringing your phone with you, and this is something that I definitely still do, okay? I am by no means an expert whenever I talk about these things, like saying like I'm not the hypocrite here. I also do some of these things. So in talking to you, I am talking about myself also is that, you know, sometimes I go to the bathroom and I bring my phone with me and, you know, I can sit there for a longer time and it, and it, and that time is valuable too. How much are you worth? Minimum wage. I don't know what the minimum wage is. Jeez, let's just look that up because I'm going to reference that a lot, right? Minimum wage right now in, okay, wow, okay. In the United States, the minimum wage right now is on average, is an average, is $7.25. So in Canada, the minimum wage right now is... 1370 to 1450 and by next year it's going to be 1450 and $15 and so obviously in America that's different I think it's like 12 13 dollars for you guys but you know your time is 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 valuable too if we're talking about a coffee that's five dollars per day if your minimum wage is 1450 you're worth a lot you're still worth a lot, you know. If you calculated that over the year, you're you, you obviously I'm not forget about tax and all the deductions and all that stuff. It's still money. It's still worth your time is still worth worth a lot. So if you're going to the bathroom and you're spending an extra twenty minutes or five minutes in the bathroom, it's there's a monetary value. There's a cost to everything. Um, just look at your habits. If you're playing video games up until you know late at night or you're on your phone constantly you know before you go to bed and it's taking up your sleep that takes away from the effectiveness of your day there's so much micro macro level things that impact the overall picture so i can't just look at a person's life and just say wow like <clears throat> things aren't going well your car is breaking down or, you know, you have all these situations and scenarios and things that you, you're trying to get fixed and trying to break through. You got to look at the macro level. And, and, and like there's this premise of extreme ownership. It's like, well, how did you bring this about? How is this your fault, really? What are the, what are the things that you have done to get you to where you are? And I'm not saying it like in a sinful way or say like, oh, you deserve to be where you're at. Like... But our actions dictate our results too. Our thoughts dictate our results too. So how did we bring about this particular place that we're at? Because the Bible says it's 
you reap what you sow. Asking it'll, be, it'll, it'll, and the door, you know, asking it, you will receive, and knocking the door shall be opened to you. So, what are you sowing that is causing you to reap this result? And sometimes it's like maybe something was sowed for you that you are now reaping yourself. Like, there's that too, obviously, and maybe that's the the thing for fatherhood is that we have to rem- remember that we're sowing seeds on behalf of our children too. Our actions and what we do as fathers also impact our children and it'll impact what they reap also. So if you're, you know, if, if, if a child sees a father being race, racist towards, you know, a certain um, eth- ethnic group, what do you think your child is going to do also to that ethnic group one day? It's the exact same thing. So what a father reaps actually causes a children to sow. Uh, to, to, to what a father sows will cause what the children, you know, will, will cause the children to reap something. And that should be doubly scary for you as a father is that your words and your actions can sow something that your children can reap. And so even for yourself, if we even subtract the children, just think about ourselves. If we don't sow good seeds, we're not going to reap a good harvest. If you sow good seeds and you don't show up to water those seeds with good habits, your what you reap will be affected also. So not only do we have to sow, but we have to show up and we have to continue to, har- to, to nourish and to supply our seeds with good soil fertilizer opportunity to grow right there's a component to showing up we have to show up just like this life raft we can't just let it stay adrift we can't just take our hits we can't just lie down and hope that the water is going to carry us and coast us somewhere in 76 days that guy traveled 2,000 miles Yes, he was coasting, but along the way, he had to do stuff. He had to fight off sharks. He had to do all these other things to, to ensure his survival. And that's what we must do as, 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 as people living on this planet. We can't just take our hits lying down. We must do something. We must stay on top of it. And so that's my encouragement to you. Hopefully, I'm not kind of, I've been going back and forth and these episodes are recorded in flow so i'm not preparing very much of anything Um, i did do some research into kind of the story of stephen callahan i highly recommend you look it up and maybe i'll include that in the show notes Um, and you can go have a look at that because it's an amazing story and maybe one that you can even share with your children because it's a great lesson to teach them hey life is like this and so and there are different lessons that we can draw from that kind of experience and, and to learn from somebody else's uh, trials and relay it to real real life. because and, and that's really how we learn is we are able to draw conclusion connections and distill knowledge that is applicable to us. For me, when I listened to it, it was like, wow, this is applicable to life. And you know, we're all kind of shipwrecked and all kind of floating along in the ocean and trying to make sense of this life that um, is so complicated at times. And so definitely take that into consideration and um, and hopefully that, that helps you um, in your life. Um, you know, I do love to help people and, and, and get them to think creatively and, and critically. You know, it's this thing of two people working together 
kind of spiral off of each other, you feed off of each other, and you guys kind of, you, you kind of grow together, um, and it's like, what you give back to me, I can feed back to you, and, and there's, there's kind of this, like, slowly kind of molding of, of this idea that comes together, and uh, so I, you know, a few things that I'm working on outside of the, the these podcast recordings is I'm looking to uh, put together a, uh, a membership course or a or a program. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be moving forward with that. I do want to write a book eventually. Um, and actually aiming, aiming higher. I want to write a New York bestseller. So, um, or New York times bestseller. Uh, and then another thing to update you on is that we're looking to do retreat for our noble fathers. And so, um, our noble fathers group. And so that's the, um, meetups that we've been doing, uh, on zoom on Thursdays, you know, a bunch of the guys and us want to get together and it looks like we're going to try to find a place that's central, um, near, uh, mo- mostly on the East coast. And so we're choosing potentially that it's going to be Tennessee. And so if you're interested in, in that also, um, do reach out to me, um, we're going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what it's going to be like to, to finally meet together in person. Um, cause there's really something about it whenever we're in the presence of each other's company, it's different from zoom. And, um, y- you know, it's almost as if, wow, you're everybody, you're everything I thought you were and so much more. And, um, you know, who you are online is really who you are in person. And, and that's a great feeling to be able to have a brother's embrace and, uh, to, to spend time together. So until next week, um, enjoy your week, uh, find things to learn from, continue to grow, step outside of your comfort zone. Don't, um, don't stay in the familiar. The familiar does not serve you. It does not grow you. Um, we are called to be in the forefront and always stepping outside of those those zones. And so hopefully that serves you. And until next time, bye for now. Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community, um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.